I grew up in a family of, of six kids, and mm -hmm. I swear that my mom wanted us to be like the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> like she, she was constantly making us sing. She would mm -hmm. make up a song about anything and everything. If we had to memorize something, she made it into a song. Hello and welcome to another episode of Impartial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Kyra Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funga. And today we're talking with special guest Anne Say. We'll be talking about how to get the most out of your next trip to the library, how singing is critical to your child's development, and why you shouldn't wait to start singing hymns to your kids. But first, we have a favor to ask. If you're a regular listener to our podcast, would you do us a huge favor and consider leaving a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts? That really helps grow our exposure to folks just like you who maybe have never heard of our show but would be eager to listen. Also, consider signing up for our free weekly newsletter or supporting this podcast financially on Ko-fi. Links for the newsletter and to our Ko-fi page can be found at himpartial.com. Head over to himpartial.com and consider supporting the podcast today. So our guest today is, um, a, I mean, just like a really fun guest. Uh, we found her on Instagram. She has um, this really cool service that she provides for, for parents, which mm -hmm. we'll talk more about in the interview. Just a wonderful, uh, godly woman who who had a lot to share. I mean, I thought during the interview that she was really just blowing my mind about things yeah. that were happening in my household <laughs> and she just had such a great insight to children and how we as parents or caregivers or, or teachers or however you might be um, in relationship to children in your life, how we can really bless them and help their development through um, what we read to them and how we sing with them so yeah, did you, what did you think of it? I was kind of like, she was saying a few things and I was thinking back to my childhood and I was like, I've been through that. Having been a child once, I have been through that. And I was like, I understood that music was a good thing for children, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until Anne was talking to us that I was like joining the dots and going, okay, so that's what's happening yeah. when you're doing that. And that's why it has such an impact on kids. But I'm not going to say anything else because yeah. she's going to explain it all. Yeah. You're going to be like, what? How did I never know that? Yeah. It was great. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to her. Also, she loves books and I love books. So yeah. I feel like we could be friends. <laughs> yeah. And definitely just her heart for children and her heart for the Lord. Like it's, it's, it's come together in such a wonderful way in the service that she provides. But like we said, we won't give it away. Without further ado, here's the interview. Anne has always been a reader and loves talking about books. It was her love of reading that made her the perfect fit for working in public libraries, which she did for eight years. She has started Libraries for Kiddos in May 2021 because she saw a need to help parents navigate the library. You can follow her on Instagram and learn more about L4K at libraries underscore four underscore kiddos and welcome to the show hi <laughs> we're so glad to have you on we love what you do we've been following on instagram for uh, a little while now um so we definitely just want to have you on because there's while you have this 
great service, which we're about to dive into in a second. You also are a huge singer and love hymns. And there's so much I think that you could kind of offer us in that regard as well. But I guess before we dig in, can you tell us about Library for Kiddos? How did you become interested in literacy for children? And what does your service provide for parents? Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. I absolutely love hymns, and we can get into that a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, But I also really, really love reading. And Mm -hmm. I love, um, one of my favorite things to do is finding that book that makes that reluctant reader into a reader, right? I, I firmly believe that everyone is a reader. You just have to find the right book. And, um, you know, the public library these days is kind of, uh, it's kind of a minefield, essentially. Um, I started working in public libraries in March of 2013. And just, I I was mainly in children's, they put me in like adult references sometimes, but mainly I was in the children's department. So I did children's programming, story times, and I did a lot of reading of children's literature. Mm. I really, really loved it. I love picture books. I love middle grade uh, mm-hmm. um, novels. You know, I just really enjoy children's literature. Mm-hmm. But I was beginning to see um, more and more that there was this agenda in children's literature that did mm-hmm. not align with my values and were. Um, just really an affront to God. And you, you know what I'm talking about. There's mm-hmm. there's the homosexual theme, transgender mm-hmm. theme, um, mm-hmm. just a lot of these um, really, you can tell it's just not good literature for children. Yeah. Yep. So in the midst of all that, I would also find really awesome books that did align with my values and did align um, with what God calls for um, marriage and nature and being a child and all of these things. So I would find these really good books and just would start posting them online. Mm-hmm. And really word started to get out and my following started to get bigger. And I just mm-hmm. saw this need for being more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how Library for Littles was born, which was mm-hmm. what Library for Kittles was originally. It was just for mm-hmm. ages two to seven. Wow. Um, and then as I started that membership, then those parents were like, well, what about my middle-aged kids, you know, so like ages eight to 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that started, then I started library for middles. And so that's how it all became library for kiddos. Mm -hmm. Um, But library for littles is a membership that I opened quarterly. And what it is, um, is every week I send five title suggestions suggestions so they're like book lists Mm -hmm. that you can take to the library and get from your library or you can um, buy them for your own you know home collection Mm -hmm. and then library for middles is what also opens quarterly and what that is um, is I send out two title suggestions a week 
once a month, you get a read aloud that you can do with your family. And then once mm-hmm. a month, I also suggest like a series okay. that I have read and reviewed. And so um, these are all books that I have either read personally. Most of them I have read personally. Um, some I've done enough research that I say, okay, this one fits my criteria that I think I can recommend um, safely. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's going really well. I mean, I'm very surprised. I just celebrated my one year anniversary and I know, I know. And I have about 165 members all together. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, it is just kind of grown faster than mm-hmm. I anticipated and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not super good with technology. So there are times where I'm like, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I will, I will fix this, you know, um, and everyone's so gracious, but, um, yeah, it's just really exciting that, um, I'm able to help parents be more confident when they go into the library. Yeah. I know people who would love a service like that if they knew about it. So now I can go tell them that it's there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And the good thing is while we're in the UK uh, and you're in the US, I imagine there's still a lot of crossover in the books that are available in libraries uh, across the UK, or even if parents wanted to buy these books themselves to have in their kids' personal library, that Mm -hmm. they would still have, they would still find a great use for your service, even though we're in different countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They sometimes have slightly different covers between countries, but usually if it's English speaking, then they'll Mm -hmm. have rights to UK and US. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a great service. So yeah. Well, could you elaborate a little bit? Like, how's the response been? What has been the response that you've had with this? Yes. So um, it's been really good. Uh, like, I usually don't have to ask for feedback. Like, I, I want I I want feedback so I can refine it and make it easier and, and better and more accessible. Um, so I do review, like, newer books. I try to make sure that I you know, I I want to review books that will be in the library, right? Like I have some older titles, but I want it to, I want it to be accessible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I normally don't have to ask for feedback because they are, my parents just are like, oh my word, this is just so great. Like I feel confident in, in going into the library. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one mom send me a video of her son playing with like a, a sensory toy at the library. She's like, I had no idea this was here. He's having so much fun. I haven't been to the library time because Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of the library and you've given me the confidence I need to go to the library which is a huge part of what I'm doing because Mm -hmm. there's so much to be had for the library uh, or in the library for believers um I I often say that the library is a place um there's something in the library to offend everyone, right? So in my years working in the library, we would have people come up and say, this has God in the title and I'm an atheist. You should not have this display, right? And then we'd have the other side who would come in and say, like, this is like, this does not align with my beliefs. You should not have this on display. Um, 
And so if you have that in mind where it's like, okay, I know that I probably will be offended by something that's in here. um, It gives you a better frame of mind. Now, you know, some libraries take it way too far and it is uncomfortable and it is like, you know, um, but if you have a relationship with the people who work at the library, it makes it so much easier to be like, hey, you know what, this makes my child uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe consider taking down that that display or maybe yeah. not displaying that particular book. And if you have a relationship with the people who work there, they're much more likely to be like, you know what, I, I understand you're in here a lot. I know that you guys are not trying to cause trouble. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take it down, right? Yeah. Um, so the response, yeah, the response has been really great, like much more than I had anticipated. So it's yeah. been, it's been really awesome to see that. That is so, that is so wonderful. And like we said, we know many parents who would be really grateful for that type of curated uh, view into what's going on in the library for their kids. My parents would have loved that yeah. when I was younger because I am a reader. I, well, I'm not a reader. I just eat books. But like <laughs> for them, they were then like, well, you can have a library card, but goodness only knows what you're going to pick off the shelf. Like they yeah. trusted me to a degree, but still they would have loved a service like that. Definitely. Yeah. So I've heard you speak before on the five liter- literacy tips uh, to help kids grow and develop. Um, can you tell us what those are and how you find that to be useful in your work? Yes, yes. Um, so when I, the like the first paying members that I had for, for Library for Littles, um, it was actually a story time program. Mm-hmm. I would incorporate the five early literacy tips into some story times that I would do with the families and the book lists were included. Um, mm-hmm. Now that portion of my program, I don't do anymore because it was very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, you know, it was just hard for parents to keep up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the five early literacy tips are singing, writing, playing, reading, and talking. And all of those, when, when you have a baby and like the toddler age, when you incorporate that into your everyday life, it really, really helps with brain development. It helps oh. with vocabulary. It helps them um, just be like, they will develop faster if you are constantly doing those five things. It doesn't have to be like, oh, okay, and it's time for your five early literacy <laughs> tips. It's it's just it's just a part of what you do when you're interacting with your kids. Um, and in today's world, it's even more important. You know, I'll be at the store, and I will see a parent who their child is in the cart and they just have an iPad or an iPhone in front of them. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't have children yet. Like I don't want to be judgmental or anything like that. Um, but I would, I could understand how that would be the first response, right? It's like, okay, I, you just need to be, I I can't deal with it. You just need to be here with this iPad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we are seeing just this dive in childhood development because parents are not they're unaware that how important it is for these tips to be um 
a part of how you interact with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know that there are a lot of educational apps and all that kind of stuff out there, but it's not the same as like yeah. the one-on-one yeah. speaking and, and everything with your child. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those five early letter C tips are really, really important for early childhood development. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that singing is probably one of the most important ones because, um, it helps, it helps the, um, it helps with memorization and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can talk more about this later. Um, but singing also helps with reading. Mm. Um, and so those five early literacy tips are just really, really important for childhood development. Mm. It's so interesting that you say that. I I know a lot of friends who, I have a lot of friends who are preschool teachers, were preschool teachers, and I swear their kids are like the smartest kids (laughs) because they obviously were so used to, um, you know, caring for the children at the preschool that is just kind of secondhand for them to like, they just kind of like, it's like breathing. They know exactly how to talk to and sing to and and deal with their children. Uh, whereas like, I'm like, what's up kid? <laughs> it's like, I'm a 15 month old and I'm like, Hey, you want to play cards? Like, no, I'm, jo- I'm totally joking. She's but fine. you know, it is like the, the response to music, even mm. in, in our house, our imperfect way of approaching learning with our child is huge. He's hugely mm-hmm. Uh, influenced by my music. He wants to hear music all the time. You see him swaying when we sing songs to him. I mean, even like we have like an all done song that we made up just to, because he doesn't like, you know, post dinner cleanup. So we sing him a song all done while we're like cleaning up and he will rock. And so now, (laughs) now before, uh, before he says all done with his hands, he'll go, (laughs) <laughs> He's like, it's time for this song, <laughs> nice. which is just just so precious because you wouldn't. I guess you're kind of connecting a lot of dots for me right now as to why that has stuck with him mm-hmm. so much because that music is such a big part of his learning. Yeah, and repetition is very important. Repetition mm-hmm. is very very important when you're little, mm-hmm. um, which is why when I have my library for littles, I only do um, five titles because. Mm-hmm. I, I want the parents to be reading, it sounds like a nightmare, but to be reading the same books over and over again, mm-hmm. what it does is it, with the, with the child's brain development, it, um, it develops the synapses, right? Mm-hmm. So you have lots and lots of synapses in your brain. And when you constantly use the same ones, they get stronger, right? Mm-hmm. They develop. And it's mm-hmm. really important, repetition is so important, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but that's why he that's why he does that at dinner because yeah. those, right? Like his brain is developed. He's making those connections, and yeah. it's really important for him to make those connections. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I'm gonna make my mom watch this because <laughs> <laughs> she read the book Slinky Malinky to us so many times when we were little that she's got it memorized. <laughs> so it would be a huge blessing to her to know that wasn't in vain. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you're saying about music. So where does like music and him singing and stuff 
where does that fit in with helping children develop? And can you also maybe share a little bit about your own experience with hymn singing growing up? Mm -hmm. So um, singing is really good for children because what it does is it slows down um, the words, right? When you're singing, sometimes you don't realize it, but you're breaking up the words into different syllables and you are, you are slowing down so that they can make those connections and they can build vocabulary. Mm. Um, and it, it makes it so much easier. Like when you're learning to read, you already do that, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you break down, um, you know, you make a word smaller so that you can read that tiny bit and then you figure out the syllables and all that. Well, singing already does that, right? Mm. Um, and when you're looking at a piece of music, um, and it can be any kind of piece of music, but but a hymn, let's say, it already breaks those down, right? And you learn not only to read the words, but make those connections with the notes as well. Mm -hmm. um, at least that was that was my experience, right? So I grew up in a church where we specifically sang hymns. We really didn't sing anything else. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually still go to that church, right? It's <laughs> my church from my childhood. Um, my dad is the pastor. Um, oh. But and I and I grew, up, I grew up in a family of of six kids, and mm -hmm. I swear that my mom wanted us to be like the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> like she she was constantly making us sing. She would mm -hmm. make up a song about anything and everything. If we had to memorize something, she made it into a song. Mm -hmm. so that we could remember it right because it's That's easier awesome. to remember things that yeah. are yeah. have that have music to it mm -hmm. uh very early on she made us like we all took piano lessons uh she made us all like learn how to read music um but I remember really as a very young child, probably four or five, like having that hymn book open and following the, the words with my fingers, right? As we're singing it. So I'm making the connection. I'm making the connection between um, the words and the music and making the connection between um, the, the letters and their sounds. Mm -hmm. And so all of that while I'm also learning deep theology, right? I mean, yeah. there's so many things that hymns, good hymns do um, that I think are really important. And mm -hmm. since I grew I do like, I take it for granted that I learned all of this um, because that's what we did at my church. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that sometimes that might be a little bit lost, um, with a newer generation who um like I don't want to hate on praise bands and stuff mm -hmm. but um you you lose that when it's when the words are on the projector mm -hmm. right and you don't have the music you mm -hmm. don't have something that you can hold in your hand where you can follow along mm -hmm. um so I I think I had a question um, a few months ago from somebody over uh, on, on my Instagram who asked me what I would recommend for devotions. Mm -hmm. And I always highly recommend that you sing hymns with your children 
mm-hmm. when you do family devotions, mm-hmm. um, because that will help them with their reading. It will help them learn theology. It will help them make the connection between singing and memorizing and reading like all of these things wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always highly suggest singing hymns during family devotions for sure. Amen. Yeah, we're for it. <laughs> we'll sign that statement. <laughs> so does that answer the question? I kind of forget oh, what the question is. Absolutely. I mean, it's just really interesting to hear your yeah. kind of background with that, because I mean, I didn't even think about slowing down the words and helping with language, but absolutely. And how wonderful is it that your child their language will be based off of the words that we use to speak of and praise the Lord. You know, um, it's, it's funny because I'm not going to talk about my son the whole episode, but he's, you know, he's, he's really young. His words are very, you know, they're really simple there. He's not really pronouncing them well or anything like that. But one of the words that he says is amen because we pray all the time. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like amen. It's like, Ali, but he knows to Mm -hmm. say amen at the end of our prayer time after we hold hands. And you just think of how, like, whenever you see, I mean, this happens at church all the time, right? Like there'll be like that one little kid that's like, amen. And you just hear his little tiny voice, like, you know, participating in how we speak as a congregation, as we speak, as people of God, and how wonderful is it that they learn these things from so, so young um, because of that devotional time, because they see us praying, because they see us singing. Uh, so it is, I mean, again, you're still, you're connecting so many things for me. Yeah, there's this so many things I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I... I can, um, Sorry, go ahead. I would also, well, I would also say um, that if you, if you, you know, if any of your listeners do go to a church that has more praise music than hymns, um, you know, if you can like look up the music and maybe even print it off. Right. So, so that there is that connection with, um, with, the church and worship and still getting that, like you visually see it, you see it broken down, all those kinds of things, like the hyphens, you know, when they break up words so that you Mm. can can follow along with the music. Um, So stuff like that, for sure. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to, again, I don't want to like hate on praise songs or anything like that. Um, But they, you know, they just don't, they miss the richness of hymns. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I suggest, um, you know, for your listeners, if they go to a church that has more praise music to do that. And then also in family time and family worship or devotions, definitely um, get a hymn book. It can be old. It can be, um, I, our church uses um, the grace hymnal from um, the MacArthur's church. Yeah, um, we got that. I think we got that in 2015. Mm. Um, I'm the piano player for church and I was a bit salty about that because I was <laughs> like, I, 
I mean, it's packed full of great hymns, right? Yeah. But it's like, I, I memorized our hymn book. You could say like a hymn and I'd be like, all right, that's number 68 in our hymn yeah. book. And, you know, it's taken me, I still don't have all the ones memorized in this new oh. one. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> It's difficult as well. Sometimes like we moved from Christian hymns to new Christian hymns and they've updated some of the lyrics. So I'm just like on autopilot singing things like be thou my vision and I'm using all the thous and I'm like, oh, they're not in it anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, they've changed it. <gasps> I didn't realize. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, it's yeah, really interesting. Because <laughs> we, 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 both of our churches use Actually, do you guys use actual hymnals still? Yeah. yeah, so both of our churches use hymnal books, but that's just because we're not fancy enough to have a projector. But <laughs> we have a projector, but when we sing more modern songs that aren't in the hymn book, we have made a supplementary hymn book. Yeah, it's a so they're all printed yeah. off and they're put in these little binders. Yeah. So we have two hymn books. Yeah. So we always have the, the newer songs written down as well. But that the only reason why I bring this up um, is because... It was a new experience for me moving from the States to the UK mm -hmm. to see so many churches have hymnals and be like, oh, is that the new Christian hymns? Oh, we have the old Christian hymns. We have the red cover and the yellow cover and all of that stuff. Because I, all the churches I had gone to back in California had their songs up on a projector. And a lot of churches here do as well. I'm not to say like, you know, it's all UK churches. That's definitely, definitely not true. But it is just interesting to like that there is this my favorite hymnal, my second favorite hymnal, the ones I tolerate, the ones I love. Like that whole debate is new to me. I'm like, okay, I think I know that song. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So speaking of hymns, where is, what is a good resource for, and this may be a trick question, but what is a, what is a good resource for hymns for children? Um, it's, it's not a trick question. Um, I would say that the hymns for adults are good hymns for the children. Yes. <laughs> I, really I, I mean, I would say um, there are a couple of artists that I would recommend mm -hmm. for um, parents with littles. I really love Judy Rogers. Um, she has some really amazing um, amazing albums that, um, uh, speak truth to children. Um, I mean, I still sing some of them mm. to myself when I have a bad attitude or <laughs> I feel discouraged. Like those are some of the songs that pop into my head. Yeah. Um, but she, she has some really, really excellent, excellent songs. Um, Steve Green is another one that I, mm. that I highly recommend. Um, his, his albums, Hide Him in Your Heart, um, are really, really good, really okay. good. Um, but those are just supplements that I would recommend, uh, for hymns because mm -hmm. like I said, I mean, it's just, they're just full. They're just so rich. Right. And it's, it's, um, as a child, it's never too early to give those, that richness to your children, to pass that on. Um, so yeah, as I, when you sent me that question, I was like, easy. 
<laughs> exactly. Intense. That's why I was saying it's maybe a trick question because I'm with you. Mm. Um, I'm with you that we should give what well, I think it was. They were formerly called um, Children Desiring God, but now they have a new name, which I'm totally blanking on. Um, but one of the things they used to say it is give your child big truths to fit into that they'll grow into rather than little truths that they'll so grow out of. We had this problem. I grew up in a very different church from the woman I'm the one I'm in now. So it would have been like the minute you can just punt the kids out, get them out, get them to Sunday school. And then it would be like sing really dumb kids songs. Like they were, they were bad. We're talking like early to mid 2000s. They were <laughs> terrible. And so when we moved church, we moved to a more reformed church where they sang hymns and it took a long time to learn to sing hymns and to learn to sit through sermons because um, the attitude of the previous church would be like, they're too young to learn that. Mm. And so by the time you get to a teenager and you graduate from Sunday school, you don't actually know mm. this stuff. Whereas yeah. if you just introduce it earlier, then sure, some of those words might be a little bit big for your kid, mm -hmm. but they're going to grow up knowing how to sing yeah. and knowing. And how, yeah. for the record, we're not throwing shade on Sunday school programs no, that wasn't or point. anything like that. It's just a matter of saying that when we talk to teach sing with you know are an example to children that we aren't um we aren't giving them a like a fake gospel or like a fake version of mm -hmm. what's in scripture because when they grow up, they're going to be like, oh, this is trash. And then they just put it, <laughs> that's where they'll put it. You know, it's like, it, I mean, and this is controversial and we own several, so don't judge us. But there is kind of a question about certain children's storybook Bibles, which I think are very useful and they have their use. But obviously once your kid knows how to read, I would say get them a simple um, translation of mm -hmm. a real Bible that they have to kind of struggle with, but that when they grow up, they'll be like, oh yes, this is my same Bible from when I was learning to read, as opposed to being like, this is a paraphrase of the Bible. And actually that's not the word of God. This is not true. Um, what is real? <laughs> oh no, existential crisis. <laughs> That's basically what happened. Like, because we were fed so much simple, very simple, childish stuff, mm -hmm. it was a lot harder to make the change from that to, like, solid theology. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to raise your kids on good stuff. And even if they don't grasp the depths of it, you're laying foundations for mm -hmm. later. That's mm -hmm. my take on it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Controversial stuff, but great stuff and a great guest to go along with it. We're actually going to keep you around to ask you a bonus question, but that bonus question will be heard first by our subscribers. And if you're listening and you're not a subscriber, what are you waiting for? Go over to himpartial.com, sign up for our free weekly newsletter that way you'll be the first one to get our episodes and you'll also get first access to that bonus content if you're not a subscriber 
then we totally don't know when you'll see this bonus. I mean, it could be a week. It could be, it could be a month. We have Depends to remember. Depends how forgetful Kara is I on know. any given day. But so, Annie, where can we find you online? Yes. So you can find me um, on Instagram at library underscore the number four underscore kiddos. Um, and I post pretty regularly. Um, I try to get um, reviews out there of books that I find either really good or have trouble, you know, themes in them, um, just so you're aware and are able to go to the library, you know, without being super concerned. So that's where you can find me. Cool. We'll add links to all those down below. Well, we were so grateful that you gave us some of your time today and uh, we look forward to our bonus question. But until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.